0: Rad Radio presents the Rad Probcast. Get it? It's a podcast hosted by a guy named Rob. So it's a Probcast. Very clever. And now, here's your host, a guy named Rob. My guest for the Probcast this week is Matt, the CEO and founder of Tahoe Blue Vodka. Hi, Matt. Hey, Rob. Hard to believe it's actually been this long. I think this is the, I don't know, 20th or so uh, podcast that I've done. That We call him a Probcast. See, get it? It's a podcast, but I'm... Rob. Prob-
1: see you got, got it. it yes wow cool I'm so so
0: quick uh, because I was thinking are, are we at four years that we've been doing this now four or five because yeah. we've we've had we've had sit down meetings together usually we're drinking your fine product in a right. bar so I can't believe it's taking this long and and I also can't believe that I'm the one for those who are watching the podcast that's sporting the Tahoe blue vodka I I know. I guess I I,
1: total oversight on my part. What was I I thinking? I
0: I dug into my closet and grabbed (laughs) one of the many fine sweatshirts that you have uh, uh, gifted me to make sure I had to advertise your fine product today. Now, as you came in today, you also noticed my shoes, which uh, are a point of contention in my house. And for those that are watching through the miracle of, of technology, we've got a picture of the shoes up and you seemed to like them. Were you just being nice?
1: No, I think they're great looking shoes and they're on brand for Tahoe Blue. I exactly. Help it. It's almost like they're, they're coordinated for the day.
0: See, and, and so when I coordinated my outfit yesterday, right. I said, I've got to bring out the blue shoes. So these these, these are and this is not a plug. I couldn't care less. I'm pretty much a Nike guy, but I'll buy other brands. I'm not like brand loyal Nike only jerk, but they're Nike shoes. They're called the glove as a tribute to uh, Peyton, the uh, Gary Peyton, the NBA player. And so they're they're lace up sneakers but then you zip them up to hide the laces to hide the laces right. so that's the glove look and these particular ones are all tahoe blue blue with then white around the tip i've got the exact same pair in black and then red on the tip my wife hates these shoes hates them there's a <laughs> lot of things that i wear where she goes oh come on i really do think this these shoes are the one thing she wouldn't go out of the house with me and she, and she has no real explanation for it other than i think she looks like she thinks i look like either a child or I don't I don't think it's I'm trying to she just hates him hates them, so I had to really get them on video and and wear them today to, to make a point in her honor in her honor right. oh it's in her honor of course, of, of, of course. it's not for anything right. other than oh it's a visceral reaction when she
1: sees me wearing them I, I just I love it well so You'll have to mention to her that I actually really like the shoes and I approve of them. So well, do that. Do with that what you will.
0: I just found out, too, just to make sure I had my research right before we yes. did this, right. that they are they they just launched the new line of them and they're making them in more colors now. And I'm wondering how obnoxious I'm going to get. Wow. I might just buy a couple more pair and see how long it takes before I get kicked out.
1: Have you seen the quick digression? Have you seen the color reveal? Uh, Nike's?
0: Of what? Of Nikes?
1: Yeah, they make a shoe now that's coated in like a thin layer of fabric. So they look like they're all white when you buy them. And you can peel off one piece or all of the pieces after you buy them, or you can wear them white, or you can peel off just the swoosh in three months and leave the rest of them white. And you actually don't really know what color they are under this masking.
0: Really? Yeah. Now, once you peel it off, is that it? You're stuck with whatever? Yeah. So, if the swoosh is pink, you're stuck with a a pink swoosh. That's right. And and you can even change the color of the sneaker from white to whatever's under there? Right.
1: (laughs) Crazy. That is wild. Yeah. That oh, was a really cool idea. What's it
0: called? The color it's reveal. Called shoot? the
1: Nike Color Reveal. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, so this has apparently turned into a podcast for right. Nike. Yeah. So. I'm.
1: I'm not. Uh, I don't have a deal with them or anything. Okay. So good to know.
0: Full not, disclosure. Not sponsored by. Um. Well, in fact, that that's a good way, a good place to start, because you haven't always been a vodka guy. What? I haven't. I mean, what, so let's start with what, because the story about how Tahoe Blue came around is is fascinating to me. But what did you used
1: to do? Well. Serial entrepreneur, and when I say, oh, that
0: sounds like unemployed
1: uh, <laughs> uh, entrepreneur. <laughs> no, I had jobs that paid, but always had like something cooking on the back burner. Also, so you really going jobs? back to you did work for people? Y- yes, I did uh, until I was twenty four, twenty five. Um, but I had product ideas and business ideas when I was a kid, and I mean like fourth grade. Oh, you're one of uh, these. Yeah, so, and I didn't know at the time what that meant, but now you know it took me until I was like forty to figure out. Oh, you're that. It's a certain personality type in business where it's one idea after another idea after another idea. I need to constantly check myself saying, okay, that's a great idea too. But right now I have this Tahoe blue vodka business to focus on. But, uh, is there right.
0: anything that you remember thinking of as a kid that has <clears throat> now
1: become a thing? Um, let's see the couple biggies for me where I took a, a Frisbee and I mounted some LED lights to it, so I could play catch with my buddies in the dark in a battery pack, for, which was a nine volt because the little batteries were were new and it was super heavy and wobbly. Which at
0: the time, that's very innovative.
1: I, I haven't seen that. uh Oh no, there's uh, there's one um, trademark. Right <laughs> there you go. You can be the first to claim. If you say
0: it, out loud trademark, sketch
1: it out and yeah, send you're, it. are covered. Send the patent in on it. So, so there's a few things, but I, I would make my own of these items, then try and sell them to my buddies. And of course I didn't have a great business sense. So sometimes I'd sell them at a loss, but it so seemed like a success.
0: To you didn't just did. have the idea. You were also able to implement it because a yes. lot of us have great ideas and go, I don't know how to make
1: that. Right. And, and that's, that's what I think uh, the biggest takeaway for me for Tahoe blue was, uh, and even back then, even in, in elementary school, I would actually develop the product to working prototype, but, It seems like everybody has ideas for businesses and products. And most people think if it was a good idea, somebody else would have done it, or it sounds too hard, or I don't know where to start. You know, it seems overwhelming, seems daunting to launch a product. And I think the biggest takeaway from the last 10 years working on Tahoe Blue is uh, you can can do it. Everybody that has that idea, the biggest step is overcoming the inertia of doing nothing. It's a lot easier to just blow it off as it's too hard.
0: So one of the themes that goes with these broadcasts is I tend to have a lot of really successful people um, come on and uh, Shelby Elias of United Wholesale Lending was on a few episodes ago. And we were talking about exactly that. The number one impediment to people is all of the can'ts, all of the don'ts and all of the fears. But at the same time, having known you for the last many years, you would also agree. It's been a hell of a lot of work.
1: It's been an enormous amount of work. And you have to if you're going to do it, especially in a crowded category, totally different story. If you have a new technology, for example, that people are going to need in our case, we entered a crowded category with a lot of competitors, which is kind of where most consumer products are now. If you wanted to launch a salsa or sunscreen or bloody Mary mix, whatever it is, (laughs) right? Uh, It's a crowded, it's a crowded shelf. It's crowded set. So you have to differentiate, but it requires an enormous amount of optimism, In enthusiasm and there's a long time where it just, you have to just keep telling yourself, I believe so pep talk in the mirror in the morning before you leave for the day. Like it's going to work. It didn't work yesterday, but tomorrow or today it's going to work
0: when you, when you made this commitment 10 years ago or so back to where you, you were working for other people up until 24, 25 and you were a serial entrepreneur. What type of things were you doing?
1: So uh, I went to business school for management and marketing And then any
0: idea what you were going to do with that? Or was that like a generic? No, no,
1: that was uh, the meeting with the guidance counselor that that said, (laughs) look, you've been here for four years. You still haven't declared a major. We got to get you out of here at some point. You're closest to a business degree and you seem to have interest in this entrepreneurial track. So why don't you do that? And It made sense to me, spoke to me. So I finished my four year degree in five and a half years. Good. And uh, and then I moved into a conversion van and I decided I wanted to see California. Now, where are you? To see, I'm in Maryland, born and raised in Maryland, the suburbs of D.C. Born in an area where, you know, in the suburbs where, um, you know, wildlife was like pigeons and squirrels. And, and I had heard and seen in movies about, you know, the Grand Canyon, the Four Corners State and arches and the Hollywood sign and the Golden Gate Bridge. And it all sounded so exotic. How far west had you been um, at this point? West Virginia.
0: Ohio. in your whole life yeah west virginia and you're 20 ish now or, uh, yeah 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 20 early, early graduated 20s. At, at, yeah
1: 22 yeah.
0: quit so the, the the quick check just to get out of the way uh a normal childhood terrible childhood poor childhood yeah, it was
1: fine, we, fine were, yeah. we were we were lower middle class at best which is um, one
0: of the reasons you didn't get very far west i assume
1: right yeah yeah in, in fact i think in hindsight we we're probably pretty broke but i didn't know <laughs> at the time um yeah. Uh, it wasn't so much later that I, that I figured that out, but, uh, it's fine. A little, not unlike the Bay area, su- suburban sort of everybody walks to school and neighborhoods are all built around the, you know, a few schools and a strip mall and the old mall and the new mall. And so, um, so what's the allure specifically of California? I, I just wanted to see what was out the wild west. It's kind of the way I think there's a romantic uh, version this altruistic version in our head of what it's going to look like. And, you know, I'd seen pictures and It was like, man, I really want to see the Hollywood sign. And I really wanted to see the Grand Canyon. And
0: was this designed so, as a as a as a trip at the time or a permanent move or an adventure? Because I'm young and can get out of the way.
1: It was uh, I have no real ties. I, I quit my job and I think it's out and back. I want to go see how long this money I'd saved, which was two or three thousand dollars and which seemed like a lot of t- a lot of money at the time
0: early 90s where are we have yeah, tried to do the math quickly
1: yeah well uh, mid 90s uh, 2000 I,
0: I, 2000 yeah, yeah
1: i'm 2000. bad
0: at math i'm older <laughs> than you so
1: <laughs>
0: okay so <laughs> 2000. 2000 early 2000s oh. right about well, uh, two to three grand i mean right. yeah it seems like a lot of money but. right
1: <laughs> and that was after i bought the van and the van was like 1400 bucks and it had a bed in the back and uh so i moved into the van And I drove around the country for a few months and ran out of money in Sacramento, got uh, (laughs) kind of dumped off um, with uh, some distant family um, in Natomas, actually stayed there briefly, was planning on making some money and going back to Maryland, came up to Tahoe for a weekend with the guys I was working with, I was landscaping. Uh, no way to use a fresh business degree like digging ditches and <laughs> 105 degree heat.
0: Had you ever done anything like that other than like around the house? N- no. So when you said no. you you planned to make a little money, you that was the old, I'll figure out a way. I just need to survive, make money.
1: Right. I need a couple grand and then I can go on the road again. See, what I learned the second half of that trip that I didn't know the first half of that trip, there's really inexpensive ways to travel. I stopped paying for campgrounds and started just sleeping in the van wherever uh, you know, Walmart s- parking lot safeways and Walmart's yeah. known for not ch- chasing you out. So, uh, and instead of eating at restaurants, I started buying, you know, a loaf of bread and peanut butter and jelly. And that would last me like three days.
0: So and your plan so, at this point is just to keep driving around the
1: country. That's right. Meandering around. I was going to go back to Maryland. Uh, I came out South like on the 10 and I was going to go back North through Montana sea glacier and all that and then uh, the guys that I was working with invited me up to Tahoe for a weekend. And within three hours of landing in Tahoe, I had a newspaper and I was looking for a job and somewhere to stay. And, and uh, I just fell in love with the views and the Caribbean colored water and clean air. And it was just it was like nothing I'd ever seen before.
0: People ask me because if they follow you on Instagram, I think that's most of where they get it. But they asked me about this undying passion you seem to have for Lake Tahoe and I first of all I tell them yes it's real and and I I always wondered is it was it exactly that so it was like that ah! moment for you when you just got there and definitely you you know it wasn't just the beauty was there an energy or was it everything
1: you lived in South Lake I not did. far from where I live now and uh you, 10 years earlier than you were there you remember when you were there there was a pizza hut yep that had a lake view Yep. Right. Right in the and middle a, of the town by the campground. There's a campground. Right. 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 So that was where I spent the first night. And uh, so I had lunch there and I walked across the street and I was just stunned at the natural beauty. And, you know, I think a lot of people in Maryland thought myself, at least thought uh, Tahoe was like in Utah or, <laughs> or something. And I was just I was amazed. I went for a swim and I just decided to stay. I thought it would be OK, well, I'll just do a few weeks here and then I'll take that road trip. And uh, I needed a job. And so as I was flipping through the paper, I saw there's a help wanted ad newspaper. Remember, we used to go to newspaper for a job.
0: I vaguely remember
1: what newspapers uh, are. Yeah. 1955. Uh, uh, so, classifieds. <laughs> right. So I'm looking at the classifieds. There's an ad for a paint store that's oh. hiring. And, and with
0: all your landscaping I, experience, I, this I makes did, sense.
1: I did my college, <laughs> my management internship, With Sherwin Williams, and they taught me everything there is to know about running a paint store. So I uh, I took this job, figured I'd be there for a month or two, and then I got an outside sales job, and I partnered in, and I started partying, and loved Tahoe, and uh, became a business owner a few years of what of these paint stores. Oh, partnered in with this guy, uh, and we had uh, Benjamin Moore House Paint Stores in Tahoe, and another one in Gardnerville.
0: But you're and, still at this point, um, it sounds like you're still doing the, well, you know, hey, whatever works, whatever's working. Sure. At this point, you don't know what you're going to be doing when you're 40.
1: In tinkering and drawing yeah. things, uh, more inventions d- designs yeah. for inventions and business ideas. But and nothing you're I bought, a, I bought a t-shirt printing press, which I never printed a single t-shirt on. I I what? designed a, uh, you know, it's funny because when you hear people that have these business stories talk, there's always, you know, for the one business you've heard of. There's, you know, a thousand, right? Thomas Edison had a thousand patents. We right. know of six or eight of them. Uh, uh, I, had a, I had a ski glove design that had a like a stopwatch on the outside of it. So you could time yourself on Smart. the runs, which was important to me. And uh, I, I, again, I couldn't get it to production. I, got it, I couldn't get it past uh, prototype. So there, there, there's always these other things. But I always, in the back of my head, knew that the one that was meant to work out was going to work out and the one I was most passionate about was going to work out. And so that those didn't discourage me. It, each one of those was a learning process. It was, it was fuel.
0: And you knew, uh, you knew that you would know when that one hit. Yeah. It would just be like, that's it. This is you the just, one you that just I'm going to figure know, out. Right. So, so before you get to that moment, because this is something else that comes up a lot with you and your love of Lake Tahoe, you, you, are you at this point, are you doing all of this Lake Tahoe stuff that I know that you do now? You're your wind windsurfing and snowboarding and skiing,
1: wakeboarding, mountain biking, hiking. And were
0: camping. you that guy in Maryland? Whatever you had access to?
1: No, not so much. Mostly uh, it was school and work in Maryland. And, and there really wasn't access. I mean, it was, you know, four hours. To Pennsylvania for skiing and snowboarding, and the total vertical lift there is you know eight hundred feet or six hundred feet. It's all ice. There just wasn't. We didn't have that. Were you? Did you play sports uh, uh, much? Or? Some individual sports. I, I ran. It, it was. It's always been. Uh, I think I got that uh, comment from teachers frequently. Does not play well with others. Maybe. Huh. Um, always in. It, Totally content being by myself, and so the individual sports always sp- spoke to me. The so the biking and the running and things like that just made sense. So
0: Tahoe was really like a physical activity renaissance for you, right? It was like
1: everything I right. want to do, right. and right. I can do it all alone, right? But it but this is real skiing, right? Or snowboarding in my case. And I taught myself to to board to you know from can't stand on it to <laughs> double black diamond in one season, and then got a mountain bike, and then got a wakeboard, and. One by one was like, okay, I can, I can do this. Learning those sports as an adult, by the way, is not easy.
0: And you're still doing all this stuff now? Yes. As much as you possibly can? In fact, can. I
1: ran a race on Sunday. I came in fourth overall in the 10K in the Lake Tahoe Marathon, the Tahoe Blue sponsored Lake Tahoe Marathon. Wow. So.
0: How, how many, not, not uh, how, how often do you race or marathon or half Probably marathon? Probably every
1: few months. Good God. Qu- quarterly. It keeps you driving toward a goal. Cause otherwise you get slower and lazier. And instead of running five miles, you run three and then two and then one and a half. And then it's like, maybe I'll just sleep in today. (laughs) So. uh, Sometimes though things like, like running,
0: I think that's a great, like, I think people, people can understand why those who love skiing, snowboarding, water skiing, why they love it. Sometimes though I hear some runners say, I don't really like it, but I do it because. Do you, do you actually like it? Or is it just part of your regimen or the because?
1: I I mm, that's a <laughs> question to answer. Do I like it? I mean it hurts and it's it's tough on your joints. Um I think it's the purest form of exercise that that I can think of. There's no cheating, there's no shortcuts. Uh you're accountable to yourself and jogging or walking is not running. Um you know, you you can eat whatever you want if you run a few days a week. It's a great way to clear your head. Uh and in that cardio training works for all the other sports. Like I'm in cardio shape because I run, but that also works for the wakeboarding and snowboarding and biking and all of those other things. So, so I love the benefits of it more than the act of it.
0: The only thing I can think of that would rival it as what did you call it? The most pure form? Yes. Swimming. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Sure. But I've heard you're that. right. Never, other than never that, got into
0: it. That you never got into swimming. Never got into swimming. You live in, in uh, Lake Tahoe. I know. Not well, I mean no, the lake's not always swimmable. But j-
1: just back to the boat after after <laughs> I wreck on the wakeboard but no I, I don't really uh i don't swim
0: so okay so you're doing all this stuff you're tinkering you still haven't found your passion right you're still owning paint stores yeah, right which okay it's kind of
1: like owning restaurants it's it's fine there's a lot of employees and a lot of moving parts and you have to be there all the time to supervise and
0: uh you said you're partying what is that yeah. is that drinking uh yeah and other stuff or well, drinking
1: let's just stick to the alcohol for the sake of this conversation uh so you're partying
0: you're in your 20s right? yeah you should be yeah
1: just 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 drinking and um late nights you know you get to tahoe i mean you did it you it's i did it when i was 19 dude right well i'm 23 24 and you know you go into the bar at 10 p.m and then you come outside, outside and you're shocked the sun is up right
0: yeah or in my case right. because you know i knew people right. i could go into a bar at 19 and i come out and oh i have to go do my morning show and yes, right go and straight,
1: I was, straight to it right <laughs> and i would go straight to the paint stores to oversee and open there and so maybe close to 10 years pass in 2011 ish i'm sitting on the beach having some drinks with friends and uh, we're having some vodka cocktails and you it wasn't diehard. I, I I drank vodka, but I also drank some tequila, which I still enjoy good reposado from time to time and, and some beer, but we're having some vodka cocktails and we're sitting on the beach and looking out at the lake and I'm looking at the bottle and I'm looking at the lake <laughs> and the light bulb comes on and it's not, it's the water, but it's the sailboat and the sunset and the barbecuing and the golfing over there at Edgewood and all of it. It's like, this lifestyle and if you could bottle that I was thinking if I could put this lake tahoe as a feeling as a vibe as a vacation into a bottle it the branding to me just made sense you know it 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 has some familiarity to it because tahoe is its own brand as a vacation and uh, you know thanks to Chevy GMC which proved the brand works everywhere <laughs> um you know you, I feel like we've got a little bit of a head start here I couldn't believe it hadn't already been done uh, and went and immediately started doing some research and I wanted to learn everything uh, that there was to learn about the liquor industry, about how it works and how you get to market and who the customers are and how you make it and and where the value is built because it's about creating value, right? You take a bunch of parts, you know, a cork and a bottle and screen print and, and liquid, and you put it all together and you create value. And so I wanted to know where the value creation was and I learned that the distilling business is really tough, the margin's skinny and you have to have enormous scale to make any money there. It's immediately decided I wanted to hire that out.
0: So, so uh, this again echoes other uh, podcast member guests Mm -hmm. I've had. Who, who who are you finding this out from? How are you finding out who you talk to? Uh,
1: Google phone calls, calling distilleries, calling distributors, asking questions. And they actually answer armed with loads of ignorant enthusiasm saying, I've got this. Tremendous idea, this, this million dollar idea (laughs) Uh, and it's going to be a big deal and here's what it's about and of course you know i don't know what i'm talking about i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> it would be like me saying i want to start a radio show tomorrow where do you where do you start
0: so when you say um, when you say the you you wanted to cut out the distilling process so which yes. explain what that means
1: well if you actually own the distillery then you are in effect the distiller and the way the liquor laws work in the US there's three tiers to alcohol procurement there's the manufacturing which could be a brewery distiller or winery then there's a distributor and then there's a retailer
0: and the distributor is the guy that gets it from the the manufacturing to the retailer right,
1: right. okay right and it has to flow through this was a thing that came about from uh the repeal of prohibition which was i guess in the mid to early mid 30s right and uh the idea was to prevent corruption because they were afraid for example that Jack Daniel's would make their whiskey and then open all of the bars in this town and then nobody else would be able to open a bar and, and they would sell it to themselves and sh- kind of shut down all the competition. And just Jack to prevent would be the only, only
0: whiskey that they would serve.
1: Right. right. And it ultimately eventually there would only be one whiskey. Kind of like they're uh, not unlike what's happening with some of the big tech companies right, right now. Or what we saw with shutting down the, the, the telecom, all the competition. Right? right. Ma
0: Bell and all sure. that for those that are old enough to remember. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. So uh, so, I decided um, because I wanted to be able to control my own destiny. I wanted to be able to distribute, and because the margin was so low for the on the distillery side, that the only way really for that business to make sense was to make you know many hundreds of thousands of cases. Uh, that I wanted to hire somebody that already knew what they were doing. It's important to me that the vodka tasted good right away. I didn't want to experiment, teach myself how to distill vodka on my own product.
0: See, this is what's interesting about this story to me is. The idea wasn't, I want to make the best tasting vodka in the world. The idea was this branding of this gorgeous place, but you were never willing to not also make the product great,
1: but it had to, the product, the liquid had to match. And so this became the single minded obsession was (laughs) it's got to be really clear, pure, and smooth, like Lake Tahoe. And so I'm not just going to hire any Yahoo to make any vodka to put in a bottle. It had to be a very special vodka.
0: But you had no idea how to do it, although you did know how you wanted it to taste eventually.
1: I knew I wanted it to not taste like rubbing alcohol, which is most people's (laughs) biggest complaint about vodka. And the reason that most vodkas, you get the pushback from time to time. People will say, well, all vodka is basically the same. It tastes about the same. It's all made from wheat, right? And for the most part, that's true. The big companies out there, they all use this wheat uh what's called gns gray neutral spirit um and they proof it down to 80 and they bottle it and off it goes and you know there's been tests not unlike with wine that have determined that for example most people can't tell the difference between smirnoff and gray goose when blindfolded but one's a 12 dollar bottle and the other's a 30 whatever dollar bottle yeah
0: i'm not uh, sure i and, could tell the difference and, and, between those two either
1: and the the and reason not is that it's a It's a similar manufacturing process. They're all made from wheat or some sort of grain. They're distilled over and over again to try and take some of that harsh bite away that's inherent into wheat vodkas. And so I wanted to do it differently. And I kind of sat down tossed some ideas around with this distiller I hit it off with. And we came up with this idea of blending, which you see a lot of in whiskeys, bourbons, more and more table wines. And the idea of the blending is there's certain aspects of one of these ingredients I really like. Uh, I don't know anything about wine, but pretend I do for a second. Um, <laughs> so Merlot, I love the flavor, but it's really dry. So if we add some Shiraz to the Merlot, which isn't as dry, then it still tastes mostly like Merlot, mm-hmm. but it's not as dry. And now you have a blended red table wine. You see blended wines all over the store.
0: Us wine snobs call them Meritages.
1: Okay, that's what uh, I'll call them next time. comes the Meritage. So you see this Meritage at the store, and it, is it the same with a whiskey? Do I call that a maritime no. also? Okay. No. That's just, that's a, just bl- a blended, blended whiskey. Because <laughs> it's whiskey, yeah. Right, of course. <laughs> wine snobs have to have their own word. You got it. To this. Got it. So same thing you see in whiskey with it blending to achieve smoother results. Instead of starting with cheap ingredients distilling over and over and over again, we start with better ingredients and we blend into smaller batches and then we run it through a copper pot still. This was all an idea that's hatched tested, refined, tested, refined with a variety of base ingredients. And we finally settled on this.
0: Are you, this is over the course of how long would you say this refined?
1: R&D. Research and development and product development was about 18 months.
0: Now, is this literally you come up with a recipe that you try, you try it, you taste it and you go, oh, this is what I like or don't like. Do it again. Let's add more grape. Do it again. Do it again. Let's
1: add more corn.
0: Any, do you know the, the exact number or a guess of how many batches you went through?
1: Oh we, there's probably 15 or 20 variants before we settled on okay this it could not get any smoother then we only got a bottle of all the gold standards in vodka every top shelf bottle you can think of that's won all the tasting awards you know there's products out there that are distilled 27 times and made from all it and, and then we blind tasted our kind of home brew against that and decided yeah okay, this definitely tastes better than everything else there is on the market. Now, as you're doing this, are you are
0: you funding it through your the paint companies that you own? Do you still own them. And and, and that's so, where you're getting the because the, you got to have money to do all this.
1: Right. Uh, fu- funded completely out of savings, which is horrifying. If you've ever started a business that, you know, you hope one day will turn into an existing product and uh, one day will generate some revenue of its own. No, you saying Uh, it made my heart sink a little bit. Uh, funded all the product development and licensure out of savings. Um, I, uh, stepped away from the paint business ultimately because I wanted to focus on the product development because I knew I was onto something and I knew ultimately it would take a hundred percent of my bandwidth.
0: At this point, do you know this is the one? Have, you, have yes. you? you've gotten the bug. Yes. This is the one right. of all of my ideas. Can't sleep. Oh, nope. right. Just
1: one hundred percent single-mindedly obsessed with. I, I can do this. I can. I've got all the components identified. I know I need cardboard boxes and corks <laughs> and glass and a graphic designer and I know what licenses I need and I know who will buy it. At least I have a rough idea. At least st- starting in Tahoe. Um, now, and,
0: do you, and, what about that point though that we that you alluded to earlier? How are you keeping out the thoughts of there are hundreds of vodkas, literally, and there's dozens that any one of us that drink can name. And I'm going to dive in this pool. How do you ignore that thought?
1: It's like uh, not looking down from the from the the, the tightrope, I think. Uh, Believing that my idea was better and that I would have product superiority. That the branding would make sense and maybe would get the first bottle sold, but then people would discover that it does actually taste better. And this philanthropic edge, uh, you know, vodka with a conscience that was built into the brand early on was about, well, Tahoe inspired me not only to live and stay here and raise my kids in Tahoe, but to launch this brand and doesn't, you know, feel good to the product give, gives me an opportunity to do something good for the environment.
0: That was always part of it then. So that was all, always part cause of it cuz you you've been doing the clean up the lake thing for years and you're constantly giving back and investing in Lake Tahoe, but that was always part of your plan.
1: That was always part of it. The yeah. donations started the first year. In the first year when it, so I finally got the first batch made and had it shipped into the corner of a warehouse that I was subletting in South Lake and I called the big distributors and said Tahoe Blue is going to be the next big deal. You should want to distribute it. How much is a batch? And how they, many, uh, how many and bottles? They they, they they laughed at me. The first batch was 90 cases. Uh, well, a, of course a, they laughed at you. A, they've never heard of this. <laughs> a batch now is about 4,000 cases. Wow. Right, it's, Okay. it's come a long way. And that first year I sold about 400 cases. Distributors didn't want it. So I made cell sheets at home on Word and uh, a, a credit app. And I hooked a laptop and a printer up to a power converter which I put on the passenger seat of my car so I didn't have to run back and forth from a sales call to my home office to print the invoice. And I started selling it out of the trunk of my car. So
0: so that three prong process, you're doing two of them. You're you're doing the distilling and now
1: you're doing the distributing yourself. I'm not doing the distilling, I've hired a distillery.
0: Okay, so you you were the R&D make, guy, but you've got somebody doing the distilling.
1: I, we settled on a recipe. Got it. We wrote the recipe down. And said, this is it. This is how you're going to make it. Here's the contract. You get the distilling business. You can't make this stuff for anybody else.
0: You own the recipe. You, Matt.
1: Right. right. Tahoe Blue owns the recipe. You make it under contract. It's called contract manufacturing, and it's right. okay. how a lot of CPG works. Right. Um, so we are the distributor. We're that second tier
0: but but at this point the story that's you out of your car right
1: i am i am the yes like so a you're one, walking, one, one man band
0: you're walking into what bars in tahoe you used sure. to party at yes and saying here's my vodka sell right. it
1: please hey remember me <laughs> i used to spend every tuesday night here uh-huh. buy my vodka and it's working uh they were willing to give it a chance the, the buyers gatekeeper decision maker in any sales process, they're willing to give it a chance because the branding made sense to them, especially right, right there in Tahoe. But, uh, and so I was, I was thrilled with these sales. I'd sell, you know, two bottles to one bar to, you know, and, and, and a bottle to another bar and a case to the gas station. And, um, and then, you know, I would come back a couple weeks, three weeks later to check in and see if they're ready to reorder. And what I found, extremely dishearteningly was that it wasn't selling and i i couldn't figure out why and i you know you and i would go home and give myself a pep talk and go no you you're you're missing something but it's going to work it's going to work just keep going we'll figure it out and, uh, as you know, so I said, we like my, my multiple <laughs> personalities, my, my, we'll, we'll figure out how to make it work. I think then, a lot of
0: us that are successful have multiple, multiple yes, personalities and are always talking to ourselves. D- debate with myself yeah,
1: all the time. You have to. So, um, so then I, I hit uh, a pretty big sale at the time. It was, I think it was 20 cases or something. It was the Safeway. And it was first just the, the, south, one right there at just the south Lake yeah. Tahoe Safeway. It was just the one store. At first, and after the, I'd made the delivery, I went in to check on the product, and it took me 45 seconds, let's say, to pick out my bottle out of their set of vodkas, because it's 30 feet long, and four shelves high, and I have three inches of shelf space. One column so, of your right, bottles behind one, each other. Yeah. One row it's out just, of, it's yeah. one row out of 200, there's 200 brands.
0: A sea of vodka And
1: bottles. Uh, Smirnoff, for example, has 28 flavors. Times two, so they have sixty shelf slots. I have one, and and that's when I realized it's not selling because you can't find it. It's lost in this sea of vodkas. And but Tahoe Blue has all these advantages: it tastes better, and it's gluten free, and we donate to help preserve the environment. It's local and catchy branding, and all these things. So I'm going to have to start advertising. So you dig further into your savings at this point, <laughs> and you buy, uh, you know, a quarter page newspaper ad. Um, There's still papers at this time in the story. Yeah, well... You know, the papers up there <laughs> yeah. mostly pictures, not much for editorial right. or stories in there. But
0: and there's elements of South Lake Tahoe for people that haven't spent a lot of time there that time has forgotten, right? In good and bad ways. Right. So there are still people getting the the paper in the morning sure. and checking it out.
1: Sure, and and uh, a couple spots on morning the morning radio, the the morning show you used to KRLT you used right. to DJ yeah, on ninety three point 9. Right, my first full time uh, job. And then the you know resort TV that they show in the hotel rooms, and then it started to sell slowly at first, but then faster and faster as more people tried it. Uh, the price was high originally. I was trying to get $30 a bottle for it because of my cost. And then I realized it was just kind of unapproachable for a craft brand that nobody had heard of at that. It became a luxury item. So you You're pricing yourself in the top 10% of all the brands.
0: Cause some people, some people <clears> argue <throat> you, you price it higher so that people think, Oh, it's really good. There's a psychological game you play with the customer. Sure. Uh, that wasn't your thinking. Your thinking was just I've got to cover my costs.
1: Got to cover my costs and my costs are high because I'm only making 90 cases at a time, which is nothing to put that in perspective. You know, a big national brand will do 2 million cases, 3 million cases a year and a little regional brand, you know, Cabo Wabo was doing 40, 50,000 cases. I'm doing 90 cases. Right. So, uh, so what I realized was that I was going to have to take a beating on there not being any margin, just taking a loss for some period of time to make the product more approachable because The market size, as I learned, was like seven times larger for $20 vodka than it is for $30 vodka. There's not many people that will buy the $30 bottle.
0: Well, so this is technically a third or fourth dive into savings or debt at this point. Right. Because you're now committing yourself to taking a loss to grow your brand after already digging into savings to start the idea and then advertise. And I may have missed another step. And you just go, yep, I'm just going to keep losing money.
1: Don't forget no paycheck.
0: Ah, that's right. true. Yes, that's right. You're not right. getting any money out of this right. at all. Right.
1: Um, but uh, so we l- lower the price to retail. They lowered the shelf price to be, you know, 20-ish plus or minus because I wanted it to be an everyday use vodka for everyday people, not a special occasion vodka like you'd save a $100 bottle of red wine for New Year's or something. Mm-hmm. So um, lowered the price to make it more approachable. And then it started to take off. And Moved the brand to Reno. I hired a distributor. Now they're interested because the product's starting to sell on us. And I've done a lot of the heavy lifting at the beginning on my own. I uh, got a distributor to pick up the brand in Reno and went into Reno with a pretty large advertising campaign. I raised some capital, brought in some investors. Um, so partner, at this partnered point. partnered in one guy to go to work selling Tahoe Blue. For, one guy. For me, there are two of us now. Doubled my workforce.
0: The, um so when when is this where your business acumen kicks in when the when you when you hit it in Tahoe I mean Reno is the next natural geographical step and do you just go I'm just going to replicate what I did in Tahoe and do it in Reno
1: starting to figure it out starting to get some sort of sense of how the industry works where the big accounts are if Tahoe Blue has six main selling points. What's most important to each demographic? You know, if it's if we're looking at you know, for example, female head of household thirty to fifty five, they might buy it for a very specific reason. So you shape the ads differently to them as you would to, uh, you know, a twenty five to thirty five year old you know millennial vodka drinker, for example. So it was just uh, kind of sorting all of that out and and scaling. Right. And then so that was 2014, to 2016, and then did the same thing, moved the brand into Sacramento in 2016. So it's been closer to five years because I'm pretty sure this was one of the first deals we inked. Yeah, I could remember
0: how long you had been in Sacramento before we I could look somewhere to, and I'll get the exact date to mm-hmm. tell people of when we started doing the advertising. But but you made a comment earlier that reminded me of, of when we first met. And, and first of all, if I remember correctly, you were you were like chasing me down. That's right. Because you were you were a, you were either a listener. or You were aware of the show. I was
1: a I was a listener daily basis in the in the mornings at the store. And then on my uh, commute, I was listening on a regular basis. And I was actually a friend of mine who suggested it. He said, you listen to Rad it had a different name back then, yeah. but you listen to Rad Radio, right? And I said, yeah, he said, well, you know, they do this drinking with the maggots thing. Money now. Yeah. Timely. Right. right with a full circle. And, and
0: Tahoe Blue's back now as a sponsor. Right. Yeah. Or the, uh, the segment is back right. with Tahoe Blue as a sponsor. Right.
1: He said, uh, he said, you ever think about talking to, to that guy, Rob, about, it? and I said, you know, that's a great idea. And so I started, made yourself very difficult to find. Uh, I'm well d- insulated. D- yes. D- d- deliberately. <laughs> but finally tracked you down through uh, through a rep, through a radio station. And-,
0: and and so this and this is what's funny is I, I remember <clears throat> I remember when when I started talking to the rep that we still work with mm-hmm. um, and, and I was and who I know very well, I'd worked with for many years at that mm-hmm. point, And I was like, vodka. Mm-hmm. And I mean, first of all, there's all sorts of legalities that we got to double check because, you know, way better than I do. The The laws regulating the advertising of liquor vary state by state, and they're vastly different things you can say about mm-hmm. in one area. And now this is radio. We can say whatever we want on a on a podcast or on the Internet. But on the radio, it's 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 we being me, not you, you, Matt, because that's another confusing thing. The laws for me run through the broadcasting agencies and also through for you the liquor agencies in each state there's no federal regulation like there is with marijuana and so I'm, I'm going through all this with her i'm like this could be a real headache you're gonna have to figure all that out and i said and plus seriously a vodka i've got a vodka and i did i had i had at the time my vodka was a big go-to well-known vodka made in holland right. and i loved it and i loved it straight over ice and I remember after we met and we had a good meeting and I had a good feeling about you, cause that's kind of how I do this. First, I gotta know the person. I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta know that I can work with them, etc. And then of course I gotta know the product and you gave me some of your product. And I took it home and I tried it and I was very skeptical and I went, whoa, that, that's really good. And if you fast forward about two years, maybe it was 18 months, I don't know, but it, it was a while because I that immediately became my vodka, because not only had I agreed, yeah, I'll 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 help you sell this. So, it, first of all, bad luck to not drink the vodka. And that's not what we do here. Right. We use the products that we that we advertise. But I genuinely was like, I can't make this vodka not taste good. I'm mixing it. I'm drinking it straight. And eventually my wife and I wind up somewhere where they don't have it, because at this point you're you're still. You're booming in Sacramento at this point in the story because I've advanced this a couple years. You're starting to head towards the Bay Area, but you're not everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if it was Hawaii or... Because you're in a lot of places in Vegas, but it was somewhere they didn't have it. So Mm -hmm. I got my old school daily, like daily vodka that everybody knows from Holland. Didn't think anything, just got it on ice. Didn't think anything of it. Just grabbed it and did what I always do. I took a sip and I had this wretched physical reaction. (laughs) And my wife looked at me and said, what? And I go it's paint thinner. Mm. I think you said, um, you used a different one earlier, um, it, it, uh, gasoline or something like that. Right. But for me, it was, I, I was like, it's paint thinner. And, than, and a septic. It, and yeah, that. I was like, what, right. what, it, what this is? And, and, and to the point where I asked the bartender to pour me another one out of a different bottle. Mm-hmm. And he was very nice about it. And he did, and it was the exact same thing. I was like, I can't believe it. Right. You had literally altered or matured my palate to the point now where I I can't drink straight vodka, of any other kind. I can I can dumb down other ones if I'm in a pinch mm-hmm. with mixers, but I can't. This blend of yours of grapes, corn, and sugarcane is is it the only one on the it's planet a, that's doing that?
1: It's the only blended vodka that I'm aware of. Much less the blend of those specific ingredients. And you know what? You, you're right. It was some time into the business when I would go to a restaurant and I would order a Tahoe blue and soda with an orange, you know, how of course, I usually, yes. How I usually like to drink it. And Rob, you love to give me a hard time about the orange. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into that right now, but uh, there's nothing wrong
0: with the orange. Okay, Rob. I, I, I totally agree. So I, I, I give in. So
1: I, I, so I order a vodka soda with an orange and a Tahoe blue soda with the orange, excuse me. And I get the drink. And as I'm raising it to my nose, I can smell it. Like this isn't Tahoe blue. You can smell it. It's, it smells like, rubbing alcohol. Right. You put it back down and call the server back over and say I don't think this is Tah- Oh, did you say Tahoe blue? I thought you said insert or way. or we're out so the bartender just subbed this other product and and you're right it spoils you on not it not it doesn't have to taste like that. It doesn't have to be harsh. No. You have a bad aftertaste. So. No,
0: mission accomplished with that. Right. So, um you have been very gracious about being very honest about the fact that our campaign, our partnership has, it worked. It, 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 it has, it helped. it obviously that starts with the product, but you certainly saw what you wanted to see in the, in the greater Sacramento area when you, when you signed on with us.
1: It's, it's yielded tremendous results, our partnership. And uh, from, from the time we, we walked in, you, it just, it clicked. Yep. Right. We, the, the first lunch uh, and you taking the bottle home and me thinking, you know, this really is a, perfect fit it's like match made in heaven right uh and and yeah the response from maggot army has been enormous uh really daily on the streets (laughs) somebody will say something about rad radio it's 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 really uh it's been totally life-changing
0: and you've had that uh not necessarily desired but certainly not unwanted effect Mm -hmm. of you've become your own little celebrity at times when people figure out oh you're the matt (laughs) right from tala blue i know you told me a few many months ago somebody's working at your house they figured it out occasionally you'll get recognized or they'll figure it out because you're
1: you're entrenched as part of the show now probably more than occasionally (laughs) at this point yes
0: (laughs) was it always then the plan to continue geographically Go Tahoe, Reno, Sacramento, Bay Area?
1: Bay, right. And we've been in the Bay for about two years now. And and how did you
0: get into Vegas? Because you're in parts of Vegas. I don't know if you're dominating Vegas yet or...
1: We're in uh, some select retailers in Vegas. We work with our distributor that we use in Reno. Also has salespeople in an office in Vegas. So it's kind of a t- tangential uh, business unit. Vegas, um, something we're, we're actually not really doing much advertising there yet. Uh, we're, we've really been focused these last five years on, the plan was Reno to the greater San Francisco area. Let's get a foothold, let's get the brand established, let's become a dominant player. And you know what's interesting is, there's these, uh, you know we have our own rankings. Um, they're unit movement reports that are consolidated by outfits like Nielsen that will then they then sell us that data for, you know, it's like a $20,000 spreadsheet. Um, and it shows what the grocery stores are all scanning. So they have, they have store level and chain level data for what stand, what's scanning. And that's like our report card for how Tahoe Blue is doing. There's 200 brands.
0: Because you know how much you're selling, but you right. don't necessarily know what all these other right. brands are doing.
1: Right, exactly. So this puts in perspective where we are. And at the beginning you know, of the 200 brands, we're in position 197. This is Sacramento this is all the markets. Okay. This is the Bay it's Sacramento it's, and it's Reno at the beginning. It just takes time for people to discover the brand, try it, acknowledge it, tastes better, fall in love with it. And then they get another bottle and another bottle, and another bottle. Our, um, uh, what they call conquest rate is really high. We, a lot of people that try, most people that try Tahoe blue, don't go back. So, um, over the course of the years, you know, you, you you're not 197 anymore, then you're 180, and then it's 160 and 150. And now in, in Northern Nevada and Reno, we're in position three. In Northern California, we're in position 11. We're between, between 10 and 12 out of 200 brands. So this is now aggregate across Northern California and Northern Nevada, which is about 5% of the population in the United States. We're in the top 10 best-selling vodkas in the area and the fastest growing for four years five years
0: and i've you've i've seen some of that information casual drinkers let alone drinkers would recognize the other 39 brands that are in the top 40 with you correct and almost all of them would be like international names correct uh and so i had to think you're pretty happy with that ranking thrilled I mean, even yeah. though everyone wants to be number one, that's pretty good.
1: We're the largest local regional brand. One of the largest independent brands, um, r- really brands doing great. We're r- yes. really, really king, kicking, butt.
0: You said at the, I think you said at the time you were starting, was it, um, Cabo Wobble was doing about 45,000 cases mm-hmm. a year. Right. So what are you guys doing now?
1: Well, remember I said that first year I sold 400. Right. And I was pretty happy with that. You know, it's 400 cases, uh, this year we'll do 52 wow. 55,000 somewhere in there. This and that's year. not
0: even across the country. That's
1: just in this little pocket. So we're just now having serious conversations about expanding to southern California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Colorado, Hawaii, something like that over the course of the next few years.
0: So that's those so the short-term plan is geographically continuing the expansion Colorado west. Correct. And then figure it out from there but now and this is the other thing people don't understand you've just told a 10-year story right it's taken you 10 years to get from the passionate idea to okay 50,000 cases oh and now we have to spend another three to five years expanding to be all across west of Colorado so is this your is this just is this your life work now is this every this is what you're going to do for the rest of time until Tahoe Blue Vodka becomes number
1: one in the country I mean this is my uh, this is my life project it's 99% 99% of my net worth in the 10 most important year, important earning years of my life. And, um, and, and definitely a passion and, uh, yeah, we're three to five years on a West coast expansion and maybe another three to five after that on a national U S expansion.
0: Um, by the way, we should go back. Cause at, at one point you had doubled your workforce by hiring a guy. Mm-hmm. I assume it's more than the two of you at this point.
1: We're almost 30 employees now. Know twenty seven. We're actually we're having a uh, company function tonight, getting everybody together for a little social event. We're going to the Kings game, and it's. I was kind of surprised to see everybody's name one place at one time, especially since we've done a lot of hiring since pandemic. We haven't been together, but it's twenty seven employees,
0: and those are direct employees. And then there's got to be a whole bunch of spider webs out that are benefiting from Tahoe.
1: ad agencies that we hire to go do the, um, tasters. And so we've got a lot of part-time folks that are kind of tangential to the operation of the business. And
0: you, you mentioned, um, early on in the story, and I know you had to keep doing this at some point you had to go out and get investors, whether you call them venture capitalists or, or people that invest in, and for a while, that was really taking up your time as you were trying to grow because you can only live in debt and not get a paycheck for so long. Right. Do you still have to do that? Do you still have to go out and say, Please give me gruel and sell your
1: product. <laughs> yeah, to them. Uh, it's funny. It's not just selling the product, but it's selling the investment. Um,
0: sure, because they—I'm sure people should understand. Right, they're sure. they're giving you money, right. hoping that you're going to grow so big that you can either share the profits with them, or someday there's going to be this windfall. Right? That's correct. the short version.
1: That's the idea. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how pri- private capital, private equity works. It's correct. And uh, the, the company actually is is plenty large to sustain itself now. But if we're going to add, you know, keep in mind, we have to add marketing budget for, you know, for example, the, the next year or two might be Arizona, SoCal and Hawaii. We have to add equal or more marketing budget to those areas. And of course, there's no rad radio right. in, in, uh, in SoCal, sadly, but um, we need to add marketing budget for those new areas. And so yeah, we'll probably bring in some more investor dollar venture capital money.
0: Well, and you and I have talked, too, that one thing a lot of people don't understand is even though you get a brand established, you can't you can't rob from Peter to pay Paul. Because even though people become loyal to, let's say, Tahoe mm-hmm. Blue and then they that's their vodka. And they, if if they're not like I drink vodka all the time, people mm-hmm. and they stop hearing about or seeing Tahoe Blue, they might drift away. So it's not mm-hmm. like you can say, well, I mean, look, we've done all we can in Reno or Sacramento or whatever. So we're going to take all that money and spend it in Hawaii because pretty soon then you're going to see this attrition. In other places, so that's why it, all the budget has to grow all the time. So that whole thing you, you were talking about earlier about you know not having any fear and always reinvesting it never stops until you right. get so big that you can go,
1: I mean, ah, oh. right? McDonald's still advertises, right? Uh, and there have 30,000 of those, you can't leave your house without seeing a, a <laughs> McDonald's. Um, the marketing strategy changes at the beginning at first it's about getting impressions and just 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 to establish the idea with the consumer that there's a thing called Tahoe Blue vodka and then you start delivering the brand messaging around that and and that's the expensive part is these you know for example 30 second commercials where we're talking about cleaning up the lake or, or what makes Tahoe Blue different. It's you're educating the consumer. We're different and here's why and it tastes better and we're socially responsible and 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 then after you've got some market share you're reasonably pleased with, you can kind of start to dial it back and it becomes a top of mind brand awareness campaign. But yeah, the marketing advertising never goes away in, well, in a cra- crowded space. The
0: Bay Area, you've taken a, a, a unique track. I know you, you tried a lot of different things, but you've hooked up with the sports teams right? And, uh, and, and partnered with them, et cetera. And that seems to be paying
1: off here in Sacramento as well. Both. Yeah. The, our partnership with the Kings and also partnership with the 49ers is, is a great way to get people to see the brand and try the brand, you, you, Tahoe blue branded bars at golden one and Levi stadium. And so valuable tool. Yes.
0: Now I've noticed also though, that as the company has become more successful and now you've got some employees, you've also, you've been able to take some time for yourself, which you weren't doing for a long time. And I know you love to travel and you've told me a few stories, you've taken your daughters overseas (laughs) and, and, and I mean, you've posted some pictures on Instagram. Like where the hell is he? Oh, okay. I mean, you, 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 you travel all over the world when you can, I'm sure you're working sometimes. Um, But you, you've talked to me before. What have you noticed spending time away from America, particularly pre-pandemic, because I don't know how much you've done afterwards, that's different or that strikes you about what, uh, what Americans are or think versus other things? Because you've had, you've had some interesting insights, that, that, but I'm not sure what you want to share or dive into. And I know you think your daughters have benefited from seeing other parts of the world.
1: You know, we, uh, so this is now we're veering off of the, uh, the vodka conversation, just talking about life in general. Yeah. I think we're brought up in a world where uh, certain aspects of life are defined in one very specific way that we've grown up with. This is what the grocery store is like, and this is what a restaurant's like, and we have dinner at six or seven o'clock, and all of these, <coughs> all of these things that just become. It's what I love about international travel is it makes you question all of that. Uh, and to your point, I took my my uh, I have three daughters. I took the older two. Uh, They've been to Italy and Guatemala and Belize and in all cases, they were blown away at how different things are. I mean, you can go to a coffee shop in Guatemala where they're growing the coffee beans out out back and roasting them. And it's for them to even see food come off of a plant is mind blowing because they're used to only like picking it up out of the bin at the grocery store, opening a wrapper. (laughs) Right. So um, I, I think all of those things from, you know, the the way people eat and, you know, the way, you know, in Italy, for example, teenagers drink wine. It's kind of a family decision as to when kids are allowed to start drinking uh, re- responsibly. But, you know, it was it's just also mind.
0: And wasn't it Europe, Europe somewhere in Europe or maybe all of yes. it where you were saying you mentioned the dinner times were there even dinner at like 10 o'clock?
1: At yeah. Night? Yeah. You we went out for dinner at nine or 10 o'clock and the restaurants packed little kids or babies out for, you know, sitting at the dinner table at ten thirty at night. And, and after dinner, it's a espresso and, and go to bed later and sleep later. And
0: you're, you're from what I understand, your daughter's experience of it wasn't, this is, this is wrong. <clears throat> it's, this is different.
1: This is different. And what does it mean? And, and I would use every one of their observations as an opportunity to provoke some thought on the subject. For example, the hotel we're staying at in Italy, uh, is uh the pool is topless mostly topless their beaches are also and my 11-year-old says to me dad that woman's not wearing her bikini top <laughs> and i said that's right neither is that one or that one or that one and i said what do you think about that and she said well i think it's kind of weird she's sort of naked and i said well they think we're uptight mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could just see her the gears going and i said it's not this pool Or that woman, it's this country, it's a lot of Europe, it's just different. And the same conversation came up with the, I think that girl's my age and she's drinking a glass of red wine with dinner. (laughs) So um, yeah, I I think the contrast is good. I think it's healthy to get out there and see how the rest of the world lives.
0: Do you you have a favorite foreign place that you visited that you would go back to, that you would live in if you could, that you would always want to visit, that kind of place?
1: Boy, that's that's tough. I, I really love uh, Central America. I, I, I liked Guatemala a lot. The people are really friendly. The food's all fresh, uh, p- pretty active environment. Um,
0: I don't think people have any concept of that as their vision of of Central America. Right. I think they're thinking war-torn jungle poverty.
1: And maybe in the 80s it was. You know, a lot of these countries are really new. I mean, Belize has been a, it's a sovereign nation for 20 years or 24 years or something like that. So a lot of it was war torn but i think their focus now is on driving revenue via tourism and it's safer and and um more modern and and uh you know we you stay in places where there might not be lights or outlets and or hot water and um it just uh it's eye opening but you know there it's not like um pictures i remember seeing in school of you know people starving to death in ethiopia for example like uh, they might be living on a 10th of what we do, but they're they're, they're happy and, mm-hmm. and, and it works because rent is $50 a month or $75 a month and a bag of chips is a quarter. So just different world.
0: And you don't find yourself feeling unsafe in these areas.
1: I, you got to be smart. I mean, there's parts of... Oakland and, <laughs> and and LA that are unsafe. Right. So it, yeah,
0: there's parts of Sacramento these days that are right, unsafe.
1: Right. Um, so I think you, you've got to put some thought into what you're doing and where you're going and what you wear and try, maybe try to blend in a little bit more than we're used to
0: being married to a woman who, you know, traveled the globe a lot for being in the army and stories that she tells me has opened my eyes a lot to, I think back to how we started. I think a lot of reason there, there's xenophobia and other reasons, but I think a lot of reason a lot of people don't leave America to travel mm-hmm. is the fear. And it's fear out of ignorance in a lot of cases and not understanding that there's a whole bunch of places you can go that are very safe if you're smart. Mm-hmm. And people just don't even want to get out of that comfort zone. I get the impression. and Talking to people like you, it just right. reinforces it.
1: Right. But that, then you go to Japan or Iceland and parts of Europe and they have no homelessness and no graffiti and their crime rate is one-tenth. And you think is it really less safe right, than home, or, or is it the opposite?
0: So if we go, let's go back to Tahoe Blue mm-hmm. to wrap things up here. One of the things that exists, it's, I mean, it, you hear about it all the time, is these n- either niche or what do you call them? novelty, or the, small, the smaller vodkas or tequilas or whatever mm-hmm. come along. A lot of them <clears throat> partner with a major celebrity, mm-hmm. build up the brand. They get to about 50,000 cases, and then somebody buys them. What's going to happen if somebody comes along and says, hey, Matt, uh, we really like what you're doing with Tahoe Blue. Is there if you I mean, you have to have thought about it? Is there a well, OK, but I get to keep control of this. This is my baby. Or is it? Well, great. That's what all the investors want. Or I'm not doing that for five years. Is there anything that you can share about what happens? Because some of us know that's what happens in that industry. And there's people wondering. I've, I've gotten emails from people going, hey, um, how big is Tahoe Blue gotten? Because somebody's going to come along and swoop them
1: up. Right. There's a lot of examples of brands that have been acquired below the threshold where we are now at 50,000-ish at cases. Um, it, it, it's a labor of love, and we've got a, a whole lot of blue sky ahead of us right now and uh, no interest in selling the company right now. Could it happen one day? Sh- sure. Um, I'm sure we, we could probably find an acquirer for the, for the company now. But in the meantime- But you're not looking. We've got a f- formula for a product that's working. We're doing something different. We're offering a product that's different in in a world of, uh, you know, very identical, very similarly made products. We have something that's unique. And um, you, you mentioned the other day on the air potential package change that is likely coming. We, really? Well, we iced it for the the thing. The pa- thing pandemic. Yes. You're gonna yes. do it. Oh, yeah, the, oh that the, is so the, cool. The, the the plan is still to do it. Yeah. You know, the supply chain is a mess right now. You know, there's every delay you can imagine you know on every part of the process but I, I i hope to do that uh next quarter
0: i mean you i already think you have one of the most beautiful packages packaging products and but this this new thing i just as you know when i saw it i was like
1: ah that is so cool stands out right?
0: it does it really yes. does um the uh the the other thing too with the the you know fifty thousand cases and there could be a bio but but you're not looking and it's it's you know your your job right now is to or your passion right now is to grow and all that but what's happening in that part of your brain that tinkers has has you, has it has it been put on perma pause because of your passion for Tahoe blue or oh, do you no. still have all these other ideas
1: no this is a this is a this is a great uh environment actually for for those ideas because it was how we ended up with a Tahoe blue branded bar at, at golden one and, uh, the Lake Tah- Tahoe blue Lake Tahoe marathon and the value packs, the gift sets you see at the stores with the drinkware. And, and, um, I, I've, I've always got more, uh, it's a great outlet for that creative inventor sort of, uh, vibe of, 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 um, always changing and improving. And, uh, content just with Tahoe Blue right now and
0: So it's still I, working I, I, but it's sure. focused on laser blue. Right. I mean, it's focused laser like on Tahoe Blue. You're not blue worried blue. about the frisbee with lights. Right. No. Unless no. you can put Tahoe Blue's logo on it. No. <laughs>
1: Just an idea. I have to write that down.
0: <laughs> Trademark, I, right? Trademark, sure. All right, we're covered. Thanks you so yeah. much for doing this, Matt. Yeah, sure. It has been a great partnership, whether it's four or five years. Uh, and you're a good friend, and it's uh, good to be back to normal. We can actually go out and do happy hour again with Tahoe Blue Vodka.
1: Would love to. Let's do it. Thanks so much for having me. All right, thanks, Ben.
0: Did you enjoy this episode of the Rad Probcast? Send an email to rad at radradio.com. A new episode of the Probcast premieres anytime Rob feels like doing one.